Yeah, I don't think. Hello, hello. so I don't have to lean over Garn here. Um, so today we're here this afternoon. Uh, we'll spend a fair bit of time talking about Highway 95. Did they fix it? Uh, perfect, okay, thank you very much. So we're gonna spend a fair bit of time talking about Highway 95. Um, this is a follow-up from our June 8th workshop and also with the news that you're all aware of that uh, the city has in fact uh, signed our agreement with ADOT, we will be taking over jurisdiction once the construction project is done. That project is slowly moving from Needles to Bullhead City. If you drive that way, you'll see the road construction. Uh, they're making their way up here. So this is not all that different than the document we presented in June, but I do want to go over it. And um, we're going to talk specifically about the right turn lanes and then take your input on a few other items this afternoon. And then after that, we'll get into the Optimum Community Center. So let's just start out on page one here, the city to acquire and manage Highway 95. As you know, Highway 95 is our transportation uh, corridor. It's the heart of the city. It's the nucleus of our transportation. Uh, it is an important thoroughfare. We've got uh, 35 to 40,000 cars per day, sometimes up to 60,000 on busy weekends. Um, and that's tracked through the the cameras that you see on those poles. They're not taking pictures, they're just counting cars and running the, the lights that are there. In terms of commerce, as you know, we've got more than 250 businesses along the corridor and it's a major employment area, access to our hospitals, medical food and recreation. So as you know, it is our lifeline. We've uh, made the decision to take over the operation and jurisdictional control. As stated in that second uh, subset on the bottom of page one, the state is spending $27 million to reconstruct the entire stretch of 95. That project is started, expected to be completed in February. And once that's done, then we will take over all control, permitting, uh, maintenance, etc. The state of Arizona approved $8 million for right turn lanes that money is in the city's bank account. So after you approved the final agreement, the state did send us that money. It is in our account and we're ready to proceed with planning for the right turn lanes. So if you turn to page two, you'll see traffic congestion relief on Highway 95 right turn lanes. This was the list that was presented and discussed on June 8th. And we made a few changes uh, based on that. Uh, the mayor had talked about the Laughlin Bridge Parkway moving that down. Uh, I think Vice Mayor had talked about the changing of Meadows and Newberry and a couple other comments were made during that meeting. So what we really want to talk about is what's on page three. So based on those discussions, staff is seeking to revise that list based on additional discussions at the June workshop, cost, design, accidents, possible development funding, and additional information. So since that time, we've been working with developers as well. And so Angie is gonna go through, she's got this big old 
book of right turn lanes that you all have in front of you. And we're gonna go through the list. And primarily what you see is the addition of Central, Rising Sun, and Sterling. Those are all down on the city south side. And Angie's gonna talk why those have been moved up a little bit, just for ease of use. Generally speaking, they'll be much more affordable. Uh, she thinks they can be done in a rapid manner. And then you'll see Mojave High School Thunderstruck still stayed as number one. Mojave, Newberry, and then the Safeway area before Community Park and then others. So we'll go through this list. Feel free to think about the list and, and let's make sure that uh, we're all on the same page, that this is the list and this is how we want to progress. Um, the Safeway area one, I think you'll hear Angie talk about the reason that got moved down, although it needs to be done, it's going to take a little bit of engineering work and construction work, it's very expensive. So that's one that's going to just take time. And we think some of these other ones can get done with more expediency. And, and that's one thing when we advocated for the $8 million and and we lobbied the state for the $8 million, we knew that we could get these done quicker, more efficient. And uh, yeah, I mean, you see how we do projects and you see how other people do projects. So pretty confident in Angie's ability to get some of these done um, soon, within the next 12 months. So if you don't mind, I'll turn it over to Angie to go over her packet starting here on page one, which is the high school. Thank you, Toby, Mayor and Council. Uh, the first one that you guys are looking at, it's number one, right turn lane southbound for Mojave High Thunderstruck. This turn lane, we're gonna have to relocate at least two street lights, also the actual signal pole, and move the entire um, ADA ramp in. Uh, we should have enough right away. I don't ha see any issues with that. It's pretty much just moving everything over about 11 feet. Anybody have any questions on that? Is that considered a high priority? This was um, number one that we had on the list from the beginning. Completely agree with it. That's okay. Absolutely. So well, as I go through this packet, it's one through page 16, and that's the order that we've put these in. So on page two of 16 is the right turn lane southbound Central Avenue. And the reason for this one, we would start right at the parking lot to the north of Central. This one, we'd have to relocate two street lights and there's no traffic lights or anything to deal with, it's just street lights. So it's a fairly simple, quick project. And we also have the right of way for that area. Any questions? Okay. You're um, going to be doing Ricardo also, right? Which is just a block away. We'll get there. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so number three on the list, and the reason why one or two, three, and four are on the list is they're fairly quick right turn lanes to design and get constructed. So the next one is between Central and Rising Suns. That one we would actually re relocate all three street lights and push them back and probably put in a continuous right turn lane from Central all the way to Rising Sun, which would also give Central a little bit of an acceleration lane to get onto Highway 95. And we have plenty of right of way because actually we own quite a bit of this chunk of land right there. So the next turn lane that we've looked at is the one for Sterling southbound, that would be number four. 
That one also is an easy turn lane to do. It's just probably about three street lights to relocate. And it's pretty much, all we're gonna be moving them is probably back about five feet, five to 10 feet. And then it's just to move the curb and gutter and um, construct the right turn lane. So that's number four and that's four of 16. We'll go to page five of 16, which is number five on our list, which is the Mojave Drive southbound turn lane. This one here, I have to do a little bit of research, but I'm 99% confident we'll be able to construct right over that. There's a box culvert that runs underneath the highway, and I'm 90%, 99% sure that's traffic graded. If not, there's a little tweaking we can do to make that box culvert traffic graded. This one's a little bit more complicated because we do have to move a straight, or the actual signal pull back and add you know different signal heads and stuff to that. And that one will probably start uh, just, it'll be north of Mojave Drive, probably that first driveway will be included. Probably kick that one back further to the north and they'll have like a right turn into theirs and then a right turn lane into Mojave Drive. Go ahead. Uh, yes, Mr. Mayor, quick question. So what happens when you take that down? How does, no signal there or temporary signals or? So usually what they'll do is they do this at night. They'll pour um, the actual signal pole or the foundation. They'll get everything prepped and it'll, it'll be like a night job where it'll, it'll be hopefully back online the next morning. It's usually they prep everything so it's up functioning the next day. All right, thank you. Angie, if I might, the, the turn onto Mojave from there um, I, I only bring this up because the other day when we came out and met you at the bridge where there was a school bus in the right lane going to turn on Mojave and they really did not have um, the maneuverability room to make that right turn so they were stuck almost through a full light before the other people could go and they could go. Are you going to try and address that by widening Mojave at all there? We could take a look at that. We have we have right of way. Um, I think there might be. I don't think there's a power pole. There is one power pole that might be an issue, but we can take a look at okay. it. Okay, I, I just think it would be a good idea to take a look at it because we literally did sit behind a school bus for almost a full signal light. So take that into consideration when you're looking at that, if you would, please. Will do. Thank you. So right turn lane number six is on page six of 16. This is Newberry Drive. This is a northbound turn lane. This one should be fairly simple. Also, it's to move a couple street lights, move the road over and put the turn lane in. So these ones here, like I said, they're easier than the actual moving of a traffic light. Any questions on this one? Number seven is our beast is Safeway. So this turn lane is about $2 million. It's gonna take some time to actually get the plans because we have to deal with drainage, retaining walls. The actual <laughs> roadway would end up in the center of the ditch that's in front of Safeway, but we'd end up putting the retaining wall right on the edge of the asphalt, so it'd be the west side of that drainage ditch. We would start the turn lane um, probably at the middle of Wells Fargo, that would be the taper. We would keep uh, Black Bear and it'd be Burger King's parking, or those two openings open. 
and then the entrance up by Safeway, we would close that and make them come over through the traffic light to go to that. But this one, like I said, is gonna take a little longer because we're gonna have to deal with drainage and putting in a culvert, and it's, it's a big one to do with. But I'm ready to attack that one. <laughs> uh, so, so Angie, obviously this is the one I had the most concern about, about having three openings. I really like this solution of closing off the one entrance in front of Safeway and forcing them to go down to the signal. The other question I have on this, and it's, it's more policy, I guess, I think this is the only right turn lane that really benefits a commercial piece of property. Okay, the rest of these are residential, school, nonprofit, you know, that kind of thing. Is there any chance, since this really is benefiting the owners of that shopping center, is there any way for them to participate in the cost of these right turn lanes? Mayor D'Amico, council members. <clears throat> really there isn't a unless there was a major remodel if you will or some impetus to bring them to the highway um, and in fact they might be interested in the design and and right-of-way and other things it, closing off a drive they may be opposed to um, there, there's a lot that goes into that and really our only nexus would be is if if it's development driven and you'll see some of those here in a moment such as over here on highway 95 from arena to riverview where there is a developer nexus to add that third lane we can essentially force that par partner with that do an improvement district those type of things that we could do in this particular example there's a multitude of owners and businesses uh, one main one uh, who owns the safeway center but forcing that or asking for payment, voluntary of course, um, but there's no legality that we would have to force that on that owner. Okay, I mean I, mean, I support the need for the right turn lanes, but you know, I, and, I, and I like the solution of closing off the one entrance. I have only one concern with us taking away the entrance is uh, East Shore Village that there's not much room there when you get to the get to the signal light and it already backs up there so if we could do something closer to to the Safeway because otherwise people probably aren't going to go all the way around by the bank and Burger King to get out they're going to end up with traffic congestion right there so I'd like to see something a little closer to Safeway where they could get out there you know maybe move the existing one down on the uh, north of uh, north of Burger King a little bit because otherwise traffic is really going to get backed up on, on the shore. Mr. Did she say they wanted to close it or not close that? No, they're going to close the one that's they there close right it. now. And then that would only that Yeah, would that only would drive leave. the traffic over to where you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so think about by Target or Sam's Club where there's that third lane if you will that really keeps traffic moving in those in those areas. Here when someone turns into any one of these driveways I mean, typically, right now, if we were out there, traffic is going no more than 25 miles an hour, <laughs> right? Because everyone is stopping at each one of those driveways. So I think what Angie would like to, to see happen, and the engineer will have to draw this up, is that that right turn lane is very long. And so no matter if there's one, two, or three driveways, that will initiate all the right turn movements, and then you and I will keep driving. Yeah. So we certainly can have our engineers look at 
all of the driveways and how efficiently we can get people in and out because you bring up a good point we don't want everything to back up onto the highway into the Safeway Plaza either yeah yes well we can take a look at it and it might make sense to move that driveway closer and maybe make Burger King and Safeway's parking lot a joint driveway yeah um, and also looking at the distances between the driveways and making sure that we have enough stacking for vehicles because right now we could probably from just from Burger King up to East Shore Villas we could probably put 40 cars in there yeah so and consider people go in there with boats so make sure they're like wide enough I always see a lot of boats in the Safeway parking lot and another thing we could look at I mean we're already filling in that culvert or in that ditch I mean we're probably going to end up having that pipe go all the way to the entrance at Safeway we may be able to look at actually making another lane that's a continuous going right into Safeway, but that I'll work with the engineer when we get them on board. Okay, thank you. Any other questions? All right, number eight is Community Park Laughlin Ranch. So this right turn lane, when we actually built this intersection, we actually designed the intersection in preparation that we put the right turn lane in. So really like the block wall and stuff like that, we've already put that back out out of the right of way. Um, so we don't have to move the block wall. The only thing that we would have to do is actually move the pet, the ped but push button and add a signal head to the traffic signal. But everything has been designed and it's inside the cabinets for this one. So this is a fairly easy project other than we have to move a couple street lights and push the road over. But we do actually have preliminary plans for this and we looked at that when we actually constructed that intersection. So the next page is nine of 16. This is Rainbow Drive northbound. Uh, this would be going into the RV park this one also is another fairly easy intersection. It's just to move a couple street lights and put a turn lane in. Any questions? Sheet 10 is North Avenue. North Avenue is also another one of them that is a fairly easy one. We're just gonna move a couple street lights, put a turn lane in, and we'll be done with that intersection. We'll have to deal with a couple of drainage structures, but they'll, they'll be out of the way. And we do have the right of way here also. Any questions? Okay. Number 11 is Meadows Drive. Meadows Drive is kind of a little complicated. Um, there is a steep slope um, on the southbound. We'd have, we're gonna have to build a retaining wall to actually hold the road up or build the dirt out and make it like a two to one or a four to one slope to maintain the slope and the roadway. And that's also, we gotta move a traffic light and street lights and deal with some drainage structures and stuff like that. So this is number 11 on the list. Any questions? All right, sheet 12 is our number 12 and 13 right turn lane. It's Ricardo North. I'll talk about Ricardo North first. This one is complicated because we are gonna have to extend the pipe. It, um, how much, I don't know. That would be after we get a, an engineer on board. 
Um, it'd be kind of like what we just did with um, in Community Park where we extended the box culvert. Not that extent, but we would have to take all that into consideration. On the south side, it'd be the southbound on Ricardo. Um, we do have a little bit of complications because we're gonna have to actually go into that medical area to get enough stacking distance to get that right turn lane. So the right turn lane kind of would start halfway through that driveway, but it's doable. And there's, I mean, it's just street lights and stuff like that, but it's the drainage is the big problem on that one. Question. Yes. Okay, so going back to, uh, so we've got right turn lanes at Ricardo, Central, and now Rising Sun, correct? For, for that section south of Target or south of the car wash. Do we really need all three of these for that well, neighborhood? I mean, the answer is yes. Okay. I mean, every single right turn movement equates to a stop of one or two. 10 cars at any given time. And that area, when you look at it today, between now and six o'clock, it's super congested. And those right turn movements really clutter up the highway. And so we do believe that that makes it a much safer neighborhood, but also it's gonna move traffic going to Fort Mojave because those one and two stops after the old Woody's there, um, it's just a real, real congested area, especially during those heavy traffic times. Okay, I'll buy into that. Good. All right, sheet 13. And this is right turn lane number four. This is the right turn lane westbound on the parkway. 14. 14. Oh, 14, 14. page 13. Sorry, I put two on one sheet, I apologize. Um, so this is number 14, it's a right turn lane. This is actually a westbound turn lane to go onto Highway 68. We have taken a look at this intersection and like I said at the last meeting, this one is fairly easy because we really have to move the traffic signal pole like three and a half feet at 45 degrees to get enough room to put this um, right turn lane in. We have enough asphalt pavement there. We'd have to put like two more feet of asphalt move the radius and the ADA ramp back about three and a half feet and we'd be able to get that turn lane in. And that would help uh, take the right turn lane movements onto 68. Any questions? That on the, when we had our, uh, our last work session, that was last, they moved it up a few. Is that because Technically of it's kind of still last. Um, because the next ones that you'll see, um, we're thinking it could be de developer funded. Okay. And that one, keep in mind, came from the previous council, and you know Mayor Brady was a strong advocate of it. Really, that actually helps traffic from the parkway get onto Highway 68. That's that free flow, because there is a fair bit of those right turn movements from the parkway, and um, you just get stuck behind vehicles and sit there until traffic moves. So again, we think that this could actually be um, one of the smaller costs. Uh, Angie thinks it can be done with an existing right-of-way, which is very important in this particular right turn lane because it's national park land. It's part of, it's part of Nat Lake Mead National Recreation Area. So the minute we think about getting out of the existing right-of-way, it, it, this takes years. So we need time. And I know, you know your thoughts at the last workshop were 
the ones on Highway 95 are a bigger priority. That's why it moved down. Okay. And, and the estimate, the engineer's estimate, and this was a year and a half ago, um, they estimated this project, and granted this was ADOT's, are all ADOT's requirements and all of that. It, we were at 350,000, so I mean, 400,000 in this one. I mean, we're still gonna have to deal with ADOT on this one though, because they will own that traffic light. So, okay, so the next three that we're gonna talk about are potential um, developer, potential developer funded. And number 15 is Rainbow Drive Southbound. Um, this one, we're going to have to take a look. We're probably going to have to get some right away because of the, um, you got the motel in the corner and stuff like that, driveways. We're going to have to take a deeper dive into that one if it gets to the top of the list. Do you want to say anything more about Okay. And page 15 is number 16 on our list. This one also is potential developer funded. This is a Riverview Drive. Uh, southbound right turn lane. This one also, traffic lights need to be moved. We also gotta deal with uh, the gas company in the corner. Um, it's gonna get complicated, but it's potentially developer driven. Right, so what you'll find now, the hospital did get a permit from ADOT to put in a small right turn lane for the hospital in Chipotle. What we're going to be bringing forth in the master plan for that whole development is a continuous third lane, just like you'd find by Target and Sam's Club. So it'd go all the way from Marina to Riverview. So then you can have those additional turn lanes off of the third lane, but everyone in the, the two major lanes could keep going without being Im impeded with their travels. So we believe that would be part of either an improvement district or developer funded agreement uh, in the near future. Uh, that that's the former state land we're working with the developer on that now so in the next 12 months you'll be hearing more about that particular one when we talked about it a few years ago we didn't have that development and we thought we would need to be doing that but at this point in time this will be developer funded in the last one number 17 page 16 Lost Hills Drive so I was a few months back four months ago we had a meeting um, with, um, a, we have a developer agreement to actually put in a traffic signal just north of Merrill, south of Lost Hills, um, which will take out Lost Hills, or we'll, it'll, be, it'll be a closed intersection. We'll be bringing everybody to the new intersection just north of Merrill. Merrill will be closed off. There'll be right turn lane, left turn lane, north and southbound which will take care of all the issues that we have in that intersection. And right now, um, I'm looking to have plans in my hand to bid out probably in May of this, of this spring. So that is developer funded, it's already approved, and it's moving forward. So that one moved to the very bottom because it is already funded. Now couldn't this possibly need one uh, going uh southbound and in, in the future also if there's development there uh, that is also part of the plan so the developer the developer will be paying for all of that with with our developers agreement but there I think the current plan might actually call for two I, I, I can talk explain about that? it so I wish I had a picture to show you guys so the southbound um, where the box culvert is just south of community park that's our property line 
Um, if you guys are familiar, right where the lift station is at, there's a box culvert just south of there. So the actual right turn lane will start right there to go southbound into that intersection. I believe we have uh, about 240 feet of stacking distance, 90 feet is the um, the angle that gets you into the right turn lane. It's the a little bit more than the minimum. We're about halfway through that piece of property. On the northbound, where Merrill is at, there's already a little pocket right there. And I don't know if that was for a bus stop at one point or something. So that will be the beginning of the right turn lane going into um, the east side of Highway 95. The, on the actual developer's property, so the road that goes east and west, there's gonna end up being dual lefts on both sides just because of all the traffic, um, the traffic counts that we're coming up with. So it'll be dual lefts coming off of the east and west roads. Highway 95, we will be fine. We'll probably back up traffic just to the north side of that box culvert to get them into the east and west properties off of Highway 95. So short answer is the, they're installing yeah. bo on both sides. Yep. Okay. That's all I have. Anybody have anything for me? Mr. Mayor, um, do you have a timeline as far as when we might start and then how long each of these might take approximately? <laughs> um, so right now, um, we are actually looking for a city design roadway engineer. Um, it's been advertised. We've had it posted for about three months. I'm hoping to hire somebody to actually be on staff to do these right turn lanes. Um, some of these are fairly simple. I'm actually in contact with a couple consultants right now just to get a price to see how much it would be just to get like Rising Suns and Central and those ones getting them moving quickly because really if I had somebody on board I could probably have plans where we could be bidding out when ADOT handed us the highway. Mojave Drive is just going to take a little longer because you're dealing with a traffic signal and you got to go in and you have to reconfigure stuff like that so it's the time to do those designs is going to take a little longer but like number like page two three and four these traffic signals, I could pro or these right turn lanes, I could probably have plans within less than six months. It just really depends on if we get a traffic engineer and what we decide in house. So, all right. My next question, uh, I'll let Toby answer okay. this, is uh, the cost because I'm sure you let him know. Uh, will we be able with the with the original eight million? And I'm sure that. Travis sitting out there, me and Travis uh, will be meeting with our state legislators here probably before Christmas, uh, going after more right-hand turn lane money. Um, so will the first eight million, will that get us all the way up to Safeway on this list? I'm assuming, possibly, hopefully. We would hope so, and that's why we're trying to keep our engineering costs low, fitting them out under our contracts, keep the costs as low as possible. Um, we sure hope so, if we could get even to you know community park or rainbow i mean that would be our goal um but there's more ne more need than money so we definitely want to ask for additional funds at the state if we can and we'll we'll have a really good estimate once we start talking to our engineers if we just flat out can't hire someone we will have to find a smaller firm to help us design some of these 
and um, we'll take it from there. So we do have those engineering costs, then you'll, you'll be seeing every single one of these because they'll all be over $50,000. So you'll be seeing every one of these as they come through on the bid docs. And uh, as soon as we can do that, if we have some local firms, probably can be built in just a few months. So a lot of these things can happen within the year. We can't bid anything out until after the construction project. So the earliest we could get to you is probably March or April with the first one, mm -hmm. very optimistically. Um, but the good news is the eight million is in the bank and earning about thirty-five thousand dollars a month in interest. All right. Well, I, I'm I'm happy with the list. Um, it's not much different from what we went through. Could we just, uh, Mayor, if you don't mind, then could we just go back to my page three? Just just so we're all on the same page, um, and everyone has a chance to see the same list. As you said, it's not all that different than. June 8th, but there are some changes. Again, some of it's efficiency, Angie's desire to get some of these easier ones done quicker, uh, show the public how serious we are about these right turn lanes, but we just wanna make sure that you're all on board with this. So if there's anything that, that you desire, we could talk about that right now if someone has any thoughts. Uh, Mr. Mayor, <laughs> real quick. Uh, so are they gonna do, uh, you're gonna do one and then start the next one or are you gonna have multiples going on or? It really depends on if we have an engineer or if we get a consultant on board. Like Central Rising Stun Sterling, I could probably get those all as one bid packet as one project, which would also keep the mold down and stuff like that too. So um, we'll try and get as many as we're done, but also be cautious um, because I know there's a couple that we want to make sure we get done in this first $8 million. Thank you. Yeah, I believe the list as it is, is is great. The only other one that is in desperate need is too costly and to take up too much time right now is Safeway. But I definitely think that should be number one on the on the next phase. I think we'll actually get it with this project. My really fingers are crossed to get this Safeway done with this eight million. So Really? It's about, I mean, we had the engineer's estimate a year and a half ago, I think it was about 1.8. Um, but also, you got to remember, we were dealing with ADOT. We're not going to be dealing with ADOT. We're going to be dealing with ourselves. So we're not going to have to be going through all their hoops also. So that'll also help. And not exactly related to Councilmember Lettman's question, but in that same issue, we do have an owner, Mr. Leeds, who's very friendly toward the city. And when it comes to right away and working within that, that parcel, I think we'll have a good partner there. And so that should help with the cost and having easements and things that we need for construction shouldn't be a problem. So hopefully that cost is somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, but you're right, I mean, that's extremely important and it's, it's a major, major transportation issue for us to resolve and so if we can keep that as a high priority even though we moved it down from the top it's only because of timing we want to get these other ones done quicker uh, but I un totally understand what you're saying mayor it's it hasn't lost its priority we just know that it even if we hired a firm it might take them six months to get that plan done and we don't want to be sitting here waiting on that when these other ones could be under construction yep I agree Angie, on uh, number 14, right turn lane on page 13. Thanks, Dan. Uh, turning right onto, uh, to go north onto 68, you mentioned 
on that corner there, there's a light post that would have to be moved and would have to, you'd have to have ADOT approval on it. Wouldn't that be in our, when we take over 95, where that so, would be so that intersection, actually, we are not going to own. We will be, so if you're south of that intersection, there's that big arch that goes over the highway just north of the big box culverts or where the city sign is at approximately. That's where our jurisdiction stops. Because ADOT wanted to keep that traffic light because it's 68, it's the bridge, it's, it's a major intersection. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Anyone else have any questions? I, Steve, I, I think the list is well done. And um, thank you for really conserving our dollars and stretching them. Well done. Okay, anything so that, um, nothing else on that. So we can stay on page three if you don't mind. Um, we'll kind of get into a couple other issues on Highway 95. So as you know, when we talked about previously, we have already been doing these things. We'll continue to do these things on the bottom of page three. So slurry seal, filling cracks, bottles, intersections, trash, fixing sidewalks, street lighting, street sweeping, storm cleanup. Uh, those are things we'll have to budget for and make sure that as we move forward that those are all being done under the city domain. Then on page four, here's some things and feel free to stop me as we go forward. Again, most of these were in the packet before. But uh, as we take over the highway now, we also have some economic development advantages, meaning that it's our permitting, it's all done here, it doesn't go to Phoenix. Uh, some of those permits were taking a long time, months, sometimes longer. And so we'll be the ones in charge of the access points, turn lanes, signals, etc. cetera. Banners, uh, the military banners, other banners, other signs, uh, if the city desires to do any other banners or signage, the light poles are 100% under our liability. And so we have the opportunity to place more on those poles. The utility boxes, this, this has come up off and on over the years of painting the utility boxes. And so it's been suggested that uh, that's something we also take a look at um, in time. Um, and maybe they're one suggestion would even they're themed for the neighborhood they're in um, a little bit different than Laughlin not to be critical of Laughlin but theirs are just all painted by artists and it's the artist's rendition of what they wanted to do and whether it's the alien or the the patriotic one um, the artist decided what to do and I think there's at least it was suggested when this came up years ago that that we have more theme and more sort of control on what get, gets painted if, if they get painted. Uh, the culverts and you know individuals living in those culverts, uh, that's something that has been a source of a problem for Angie's department. And we really need to keep people out of the culverts. Um, trash accumulates, uh, mega trash accumulates, and then the first sign of a rain, or when it actually rains, uh, it gets really bad. And trash just fills up the river. So as you know, any, any amount of rain just pushes our washes, and then it pushes all of that trash. So we really need to find a way to keep our culverts clean and free of, of any other belongings. So that's something that Angie would be looking at, possibly making some budget recommendations on how to better maintain those culverts. Um, the one over by Lowe's, you may have seen some emails or Facebook posting on 
it got terrible and we're still dealing with that. Um, ADOT is deeming it a biohazard situation and won't send their normal crew in. So we've been trying to get that clean. There's access issues there. It's become a real problem. Um, but we've cleaned out a number of other culverts as well over time. And so we really need to get a better grasp on that. And now they're ours, they'll be our responsibility. And we will do a much better job of, of making sure that no one is littering those. The center lane medians, as you see on the bottom of page four, we can have more discussions about those. Uh, on the north side from the post office up to Sam's Club and then on the south side by Target, uh, those were installed without the city's um, engagement really. It was a plan that the state had years ago. I think the ones in Fort Mojave are probably more problematic, but again, south of Sterling, we don't get to talk about those. So if there is um, council desire to look at those modifications removal enhancements those are things we can talk about in the future um, and can certainly be placed on an agenda for discussion the ones up from the post office to sam's club as that area gets developed there is definitely going to be an engineer's design on that whole area and so that one today probably isn't um, probably is a source of um, conversation like the one south is. Landscaping in those medians, uh, if we want to improve the rights of way in the medians, now we'll have full access to do that. Those are discussions we can have in the future, also during the budget discussions. As you saw in that original packet, uh, the state told us initially that we could only have these small rocks and small artwork, nothing over a certain size. And then we've looked around the state and we've seen these massive, beautiful things all over the place and realized that the state wasn't really being fair to us. And so there's certainly some additional things we could do to beautify the city, welcome signage, et cetera, if we decide to do that in the future as well. Talked about the culverts and drainage. Again, Angie and her team are really gonna have to get into all of those drainage ways, including the one going down to Chaparral, which is problematic and really dumps a lot of debris on that golf course and other ones. So looking at the culverts, the guardrails, those are things that, um, you know, we're, we kind of bought that problem from ADOT, but the reality is we did it for our residents and the people who live here and the motorists who need those safety guards that maybe the state wasn't doing. Uh, we could look at some neighborhood signage, if that's something the council would be interested in the future. People have called the north side of town, the river district, the college district, city central. Those are just little nice things where we could have a flagstone sign or something if, if there was interest in doing that. And then probably a really easy one, uh, tree trimming and removal of signage that are blocking uh, any traffic or creating safety hazards. If there's something on Highway 95 right now, we have to work through this process with ADOT. When it's ours in February, if a tree's too long, we just go trim it. If there's a sign blocking, we work with the business or we remove it. Um, political signs will be the responsibility of the city. And sometimes people from out of town put a big U.S. Senator sign and it blocks traffic. That'll now be under our jurisdiction and we'll be removing those if they're traffic hazard. Any questions or concerns on any of that? Again, this is just for your information. No decisions are being made. This is just to get everybody thinking about what we could do there. And if it's something that you really want to pursue over time, you can let me know. We could talk about it during the budget. These are long-term issues.
Um, and then the strategically financing this. As you know, we need to have a plan for the future. We are in receipt of the $8 million. We are earning interest on it. As the mayor suggested, we can ask the state for more money for additional right turn lanes in this upcoming budget. Might be tough, but uh, certainly worth the request and, and the ask. And then on page six, we also can apply for grants through the city or our new metropolitan planning organization in the future years. I think that'll be a really good tool for us as we work on that. We've talked about saving at least 250. I think at a workshop, someone mentioned 500. Uh, yeah, I'd like to stay with the 500 if we could, because the costs aren't getting any, any cheaper. The costs are gonna go up and 250 sounds good, but in the future, 250 is not a lot. I believe we should put at least a half a million away every year. Okay. And we right now we could afford it. If something happens later on with the economy, goes down you know then we could change that but right now the healthy the, the city's healthy uh, I think we could afford to put that away and I, I think we should a half okay. a million so we'll change that to, to say save at least 500,000 a year starting in 2024 and deposit those funds into a highway 95 repaving fund or a highway 95 reconstruction fund also one thing we'll do differently is we'll maintain the roadway on a regular basis so it doesn't fall apart so quickly making sure that if there's an area that's broken up for one reason or another that we can do sectional repairs we can do slurry we can do crack filling we can do all these things so that this road lasts a, a, a long time for us i just have one quick more question will will that be in an interest uh it certainly can be. We can segregate it in an LGIP account where that is shown as Highway 95 and then it's actually earning interest. That would be nice because then by the time, you know, 20 years comes up from now, the interest we occurred on, on that money uh, uh, would be a good help also. So I think that would. And would that money only be for the roads or can we, if we didn't really need that, can we use it for other nope. things? Just for the roads, roads period. Because there's going to come a time we might not need it five years from now, 10 years from now, we're going to need it. We, not, we might not be around, but we got to make sure the people after us are, are taken care of. And then the last thing um, we do know from the state that they spend about 50,000 a year on the, the actual stop and go lights. So we already pay for everything else. So we pay for the lights right now, the light maintenance, the, the energy costs, but the new cost for us in particular is the, the programming and if a gadget goes out on those stop and go lights and within those components, Anything else on that, Angie, did, that I missed on that particular issue? I don't think so. Okay. So that is a new expense you'll see in the budget, that 50K that they pretty much have for those, uh, for those electronics. Now in time, we might want to invest more in other electronics for those lights. It really is a source of anger right now for motorists. Last night, I didn't see it, but I heard really bad situation at Hancock occurred where the light wasn't changing and people were sitting there for 15 minutes. And so we need to have a system in place where public works and police can change that immediately so that we don't have that. People were doing, you know, UEs in the middle of Hancock and Highway 95 because the light wouldn't change. And so whether it's an event that gets out at the field house or a parade or an event like that last night, we need to have the capacity in police and public works to change that. Could be through technology on a phone, it could be simply giving our officers the authority to hit a switch in a box and change that light. And so if we wanna make some of those upgrades, we'll talk to you during the budget process. Once we get those turned over to us this spring, we'll have a better feel for it 
get trained on it and we'll we'll be able to report back to you on what that technology looks like and what we can do to better serve the public. Well, and one other thing too is we actually have preemption in the traffic signal cabinets and that's actually for fire, emergency personnel. Um, we have it in one of our roads vehicles just to make sure that it's working. We periodically check it, um, but that's the only ones that have that technology. And it's just a button you push and it changes the traffic signal so you can go through. And we need to uh, get in contact with Anthony too because there was some discussion that there is not a lot, but some additional HERF money uh, available for us yes. when we take it over that could potentially cover that, yeah. which would be great. We'll do. Mr. Mayor, I have a question. Um, as far as the cameras go, you said that they're for counting cars and finding out how many cars go through. Now that the city will be in charge of that, and there are unfortunately so many accidents on Highway 95. Will there be any cameras that that the police or fire will have access to to see those intersections? So the they're not technically cameras. They're basically right now what you see there. They're they're able to turn the signals right. They know that a car is there. So when you're at the college, everyone sees this from time to time. When that car pulls up at the college, it cycles it without a car there it keeps going so they're basically cycling traffic but they are counting they're not technically a, a camera system we don't have red light cameras or anything like that and they're not really a camera system if you will that can be monitored or recorded now that technology exists and we could talk about that in the future but that's not what these are in place today they're basically to get traffic moving and when they first set them up, that was one of Mayor Brady's complaints for the last two years of his term. They put them there and they never really got them going. Now they fixed them and there's places like Laughlin Ranch where people are very unhappy with the turning movements out of there. Once we get control of that, we can monitor those things by the hour and figure out the best timing and the best situations. But they're not really at this point set up for police or fire or any other, they're not recording anything. Can I chime in one other thing? Please. So those cameras, it's TISMO is what they call it in ADOT. I'm not exactly sure what the terminology means, but really what they can do is they can pull up that traffic light and see if there is an issue, like if I call, because our local guys in Kingman cannot touch those traffic signals anymore. They actually have to reprogram them down in Phoenix. They're not allowed to touch them anymore. So their traffic engineers actually pull them up and they'll look at the intersection and see what's going on. But the other thing too is they are um, Wi-Fi. They're not actually hardwired in. So a lot of the times those cameras don't even work because of the internet service. So it's not like us hooked into our house with a hard cable, their um, remote cell phone services. So. Thank you. I was just asking as well for the reason you mentioned as far as it not working for 15 minutes and nobody really being aware of that. So I think it's great that we're going to be in charge of that and hopefully can fix those things. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay. Thank you for your... One thing I want oh, to yeah. say. Um, where you guys were talking about where we could remove some of those um, medians out there it, it, on out by target i think i think they're worse than they are they're more dangerous than they are help so if we could remove them i think we should really look into that 
And I think that that was just on the list of things that our engineers and designers can look at along the way, mm -hmm. especially as we're looking at Central and Rising Sun and Sterling. We're in that neighborhood, and we want to make sure that what's done out there is for the safety of the traveling public. And if something is not safe, it should be analyzed. I actually think it's more dangerous with them there now. I do too. Um, you have people, I really and we do. we lost one business over there already. The subway that was in there, because yeah. there was no access in there, and uh, that's where our dentist is now. You have to make a, you have to go up, make a U-turn, or 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 go down another street and make it back there. Uh, I think it's actually more dangerous. Uh, I would rather see, rather see people making a left turn in there than a U-turn to get in there. So yeah, in the future, I hope we can change that also. But so for too. right now, I believe what we have on the table is very good. Yeah. Okay, are we ready for the second item this afternoon? Yes. yes. All right, sounds good. Um, the next item is just a talk about the Optimum Community Center. And I'm happy to report that the school district did approve the agreement. And so it is time to move forward with uh, the, the acceptance. We did purchase the community center. So. The buildings and the 15.65 or 62 acres is now the city's. I, I think we've officially signed and, okay. So Garn has a little bit of legal work left with the deeds, but for all practical purposes, you've approved it and the school board has approved it. So it's time to move forward. We did budget for that in this year's budget. It's gonna take a little bit of time to come up with a phasing approach. But one thing Angie and I wanted to talk to you about early on as we kind of move forward, we think that there's a great uh, philosophy in getting the parking lot done first. No matter what, we need parking there. You can't even have a play in the gym or a, a basketball game, pickleball, without more parking. So there's the big hill to the east that needs to come down, and she has a plan to grade that, remove that dirt, some of it could actually go on site to give us more space on site. Um, we have room nearby for, for the additional dirt, and then we could create that brand new parking lot for three to 400 cars. So we're looking at over a million dollars for that, but that sets us up for success in the future with all the buildings and everything we do. The gymnasium is in great shape. There may be some roof repairs, some AC repairs, but for the most part, that gym building is going nowhere. Inside of it, the floor is terrible. The pickleball players, basketball players, people in and out all the time, the floor needs to be redone. Um, the kitchen could be fixed up. There's other things within the building. The bathrooms are in relatively good condition. Um, but if we focus on phase one of getting the parking lot done, getting the gymnasium redone, and then the what we would call the multi-purpose room, the library right next door, that also is in great shape. Needs to be repainted, new flooring, um, some minor modifications to the building. But with those three things done, <clears throat> the community can immerse themselves in that building. And then we can take the time over the next six months or so to figure out what's next. Because we've already had conversations here on more investments. Is it more of a community center uh, that has user groups in it? Is it more of a, a place for seniors, youth? Is there a water component? Is there new playground equipment? What, what ultimately are we doing there? What does the community want? What do your constituents want? We think that phase is gonna take more time. 
so kind of a phase two, phase three, maybe phase four component. But we also know that right now we've got the budget to get the parking lot done, get the gym redone, get that library space, really nice meeting room space redone. The community can enjoy those, we think, within six months, eight months. We can get that part done and then the rest of the time we can do like we did with the animal shelter have meetings with you do surveys community groups get the park and rec involved find out exactly you know kind of what the public is thinking for their community center on the north side of town did i miss anything with that no okay so essentially the intent of this workshop was to present that to you and see if you feel like that's a fair assessment and a fair way to move forward um, we don't want to just sit here and do nothing. We know that with expenditure limits and other things, it'd, it'd be appropriate to start moving. Um, we've already started moving on our end of the deal for the school district. We're already fixing parking lots and figuring out you know, all of the other components of our end of the bargain. And uh, you'll see that little roadway come through on Cali Der Mercado here in a few months. For us to, to do that is our end of the deal. So. In the meantime, now it's time for us to figure out how to move forward up at the Optimum Community Center. So Angie and I wanted to put that out, that proposal out in front of you. Again, we'll have to go out to bids. It'll come back to you in the form of the parking lot will be a significant bid that you'll have to approve. A new gym floor would come back to you. Major modifications would come back if there's a couple AC units or whatever. And then probably not so much on that library multi-purpose room. Is that that's probably flooring can be done in-house or with a local contractor um, you know a few thousand bucks here and there in that particular room and then go through the public process and the survey and community outreach with park and rec so mayor I ask you and your colleagues do you think that's a fair way forward or do you have other ideas that you'd like to see there no that I think that's good for, for start matter of fact I was talking with the vice mayor prior to this and said I don't want to go all in we got to we got a senior center being built right now we have a uh, uh, animal shelter being built right now um, I think we should wait till the not this coming budget the following budget to start digging in you know that gives us plenty of time to plan and, and see where get public input and everything uh, the gym and the and the park and the parking lot is fine for now. Uh, that is a, ne a necessity, um, but uh, I agree, and I don't want to really go any farther with any more money until the, the following budget year. Toby, I got two issues. Uh, number one, on on removing the dirt from the hill, it's going to cost a fortune. Is there any way we can sell off that dirt? Potentially, but we think with that cut and fill, there's a couple acres in the front part of that that we think we could fill in and actually gain more than 15 and a half acres and then the rest of it Angie might have some needs for that dirt on other park areas so part of it may be before we look at selling it we may want to make sure we use it use what we need so that's kind of where we're at right now um, but certainly we'll make sure there's a good use for it okay the next thing I have is uh, air, you mentioned about air conditioning would it be to a point where we can call it a cooling center because that's the end of town that doesn't have anything and you hear the most gripes and complaints from people down there uh, when it turns 115 degrees on up that uh, they're suffering as a matter of fact council member we did use it this summer quite frequently as a cooling center 
and that would be our goal. I think ultimately, once we figure out the total design, a generator up there would be ideal. Um, it would give us a much better location than even the school. Um, we could still keep the school but at sunrise, but even having our own facility that we could use for any extended period of time, just getting the generator in there long term, it's just a question of where and what other kind of buildings are we building there and what's the rest of the layout. So I, I wouldn't say we'd have the generator in year one, but could definitely be part of a long-term discussion. Okay, thank you much. Mr. Mayor, Toby, I know that there are some nonprofits and, and some organizations that use some space up there. Is anything you're planning over the next year going to affect that? No, no, it would not. Okay, I just, I just want to make sure it sounds to me like you've got a good plan. I, I just want to make sure that those folks that are not doing community things still have the ability to do that. Yeah, and Vice Mayor, if I could just add on to that, it, it would not affect them. But long term, we need to have that discussion to see in a community center in Bullhead City, is there space, classrooms, um, a, a number of rooms available? Because right now, with Veterans in Motion and Saint and, and all the other users who are there, free tax services, uh, it really gets used a lot. And so how do we deal with that moving forward it would be a question. And I agree. And, and I just want to make sure that they have plenty of you know, forewarning. So as long as what we've talked about here isn't going to affect that not you know, at all within the, the near future yeah, the only we can talk with ourselves correct. those groups the community at large about as you say the continued use thereof for those purposes right I, I probably should add though that in remodeling the gym and the multi-purpose room there would be some users impacted such as the people who play pickleball there every day as we redo a gym floor or paint the walls and things that could that could put them out for a minute Right, and I mean, I think that's reasonable. I just, I just want to make sure we're not just, you know, dropping the door down and closing right. up on, you know, the saint and Correct. tax service yeah. and, and those folks without at least going through, you know, some discussion with them. Absolutely. All right, thank you. Anyone else? Mr. Mayor, um, I was just curious, and we might get into this as we go forward, as far as the master plan or design, is that something that we would try and keep in-house or is that something that as we've done with the Riverwalk and brought a designer in that we would consider bringing somebody else in for a project like that big? Yeah, well Angie and I have talked about that. I think at least initially we can save a lot of money by doing it in-house because you know Travis is kind of an expert now on doing these community surveys and we've gotten a lot of good feedback. So Travis can do the survey. Angie's really good at laying stuff out, at least preliminarily. But ultimately, we're going to need a professional designer if we start adding new buildings or new facilities and put that in a phasing approach. So yes, that time will come. But at least through this first planning phase, I think we can do all of it in-house. Thank you. Anyone else have anything? OK. Yep. All right. Well, that concludes our meeting. Uh, we'll be back at 530 for our regularly scheduled meeting. I want, make, I want to make one comment. And really, I want to direct it to Angie. Angie, you have come a very long way, and we are very proud of you. Thank you. Very good job. You're a big girl now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get a motion, motion to move out of our meeting. Motion to move. 
Same Same aye. Aye. All right, we'll see you at 5.30. Thank you.